0: Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Good morning. I'm just going to start by reading a quote this morning, so just take a listen. But God travels wonderful ways with human beings, but he does not comply with the views and opinions of people. God does not go the way that people want to prescribe for him, rather his ways beyond all comprehension, free and self-determined beyond all proof. When reason is indignant, where our nature rebels, where piety anxiously keeps us away, that is precisely where God loves to be. There he confounds the reason of the reasonable. There he aggravates our nature, our piety. That is where he wants to be and no one can keep him from it. Only the humble believe him and rejoice that God is so free and so marvelous that he does wonders where people despair, that he takes what is little and lowly and makes it marvelous. And that is the wonder of all wonders, that God loves the lowly, That God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments, and he performs his wonders where no one would least expect them. That's right. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. We could stop right there. <laughs> Let's just give a hand for God and his awesomeness. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, in our society today, today categorizing others is something we've grown accustomed to doing, isn't it? We've learned this way of thinking from an early age. On a school playground, many of us were taught to choose the stronger, faster, the more athletic kids to be on our team. In the school band, the more accomplished musicians would quickly show themselves from the average players. In academics, it's the best and brightest that go to the prestigious schools, right? As we enter the workforce, Is more of the same. The seemingly more capable would receive promotions. In the past, and sadly even today, the best jobs belong to those of a particular ethnicity, social class, or gender. You know we humans, we're humans, we're constantly in the practice of categorizing rich and poor, intelligent, Stupid, strong, weak, capable, incapable, homeless, and housed. But not so with God. In the book of Galatians, Paul makes one of the most controversial and astounding statements in the entire New Testament when he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus is both the Son of Man and the Son of God. Identifying with humanity and divine. And he flat out refuses to categorize people in this kind of fashion. Amen. Jesus reminds us that those who are discarded by society are precious children of God. He teaches us that no matter what the strong and loud people in power say, the kingdom of God belongs to the poor. Luke 6:20. Christ reminds us to never fall into the trap of thinking more highly of ourselves than others, but instead, he calls us to show immense respect to everyone. And as we strive as a church to be Jesus in the flesh to our city, we remember that all have inherent dignity as people made in the image of God. So I bring all of that up today for a couple of reasons, but one of them is I want to point out whom God chose to announce the arrival of Jesus first. So let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We're going to pick up right where Pastor Matt left off last week. We're going to chat about the shepherds. What I love is that the heading for this portion of Luke chapter 2 starts with an event for everyone. So Let's read. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood, They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge, angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights, and peace to all men and women on earth, who pleases him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can, and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, and it turned out exactly the way that they'd been told. Let's give it up for the word of God. (laughs) I have some water. So, why did the angels appear to the shepherds first? And just spending time this week and reading, honestly, I think God saw them to be the honest messenger. The angels' message to them was, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Luke 2.10. I listened to a podcast this week just on this passage specifically, and it pulled out a few things that I want us all to think about. Number one, God got their attention. I mean, you think about it, angels in a great light appearing in a, you know, a dark night in, out of the middle of nowhere would probably do that. But I also got to wonder for myself, and maybe you could relate today, but I have to wonder how many messages I have missed because I was distracted. Just some reflection. But number two, they hurried towards Jesus with joy and with hope. For myself, I'm challenged to hurry towards the Savior in this season, the season of Christmas and all that, to lay my own pride and independence down because I know I need Jesus. I was reminded this week about the fact that I know that it's not because of my goodness that I stand here. And it's the very reason that I can be confident regardless of others' opinions of me and also the reason I can show grace. If I thought it was because of my goodness... <laughs> Yeah, no. Number 3. They spread the word. They couldn't keep the news to themselves. It said they were they had so much excitement and joy. What would that look like for us today? To be full of joy and excitement this season. To expect that goodness. Goodness has arrived to our home and to our reality. Number 4. They glorified and praised God. Joy and celebration and gratitude for the good news, the light of the world and the hope of the nations, is among us. No amount of praise and worship will ever be enough, but we can choose to do it now, and we can choose to do it in this life and in the next. You know, sometimes it can feel as though joy and excitement were meant for a different time, especially if we feel like we're in a darker season, experiencing hardships or feeling a great loss. But I hope the shepherd's story will serve to remind us that alongside the full spectrum of our human experience, that joy belongs in every season. I I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the days of December seem to be packed with all the emotions, like every single emotion in the same day. (laughs) Is it just me? No. (laughs) And on an intense level, like... Just deep. And and I'm sure there are many reasons for this, and I don't think we need to overanalyze it this morning. But I think it's wise for us to remember that in an intense season, it can also be deeply reflective and beautiful if we let it. As I was preparing this week, I I felt really sensitive to the fact that one here might be having the best day, and one might be feeling deep grief or maybe heaviness of some sort. A friend recently posted just a lyric from a Christmas carol, and it was, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And weary might be one of the words to describe how you or I might feel as we approach Christmas and also wrap up the end of this year. I know that each of us can relate in our own way. Maybe you're experiencing grief this season, maybe loneliness. Maybe funds are tighter and you're embarrassed to admit you might need some help. Or maybe you're running in a thousand directions so that you don't have time to feel that flood of feelings that come when you slow down. I know it's helpful for me personally to pause and reflect on that first Christmas and to recognize that Jesus was also born into a weary world with circumstances that were less than ideal. The simple and yet profound truth that I'm holding onto this season is that there's always hope despite our present suffering. And I pray that we will all experience the thrill of hope and are able to find rest and peace this Christmas and into a fresh new year. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, Is anyone crying for help? God is listening. He's ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He's your bodyguard, shielding every bone. (laughs) Not even a finger gets broken. (laughs) The wicked commit slow suicide. They waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom, and no one who runs to him loses out. I read something really interesting recently that really resonated with me, and I felt to share it today. But there's a man who had experienced a fall, and it resulted in him having a broken pelvis. And no, he wasn't 80 or 90, he was older than me, but, <laughs> but you know, anyways this happened. But the story goes that the man got into a pattern of moving and walking to avoid the pain. This became such a habit that even after he was healed and well physically, the pattern lingered. He went to his doctor for a follow up, and the doctor flat out told him, Physically, you are well, but you are moving like you are not. Basically, he said, You need to start walking like you're healed. What I've noticed about all of us is that we can have emotional pain or we can have internal pain, and then it becomes a lifestyle if we let it. It becomes a lifestyle in the way that we respond. Things like we don't trust anymore or we don't communicate anymore. We don't talk things through and stay open in conversation because we're avoiding pain. And that becomes a pattern. Or we have a pattern of sadness that we hang on to. In the case of this man's pelvis, his therapist literally said, you've got to believe that you are healed. Like you're good now. You're okay. You don't need to walk that way. You need to walk upright like you're good. Stand up strong. Your brain is saying pain, 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 but in fact, you are healed. And I just wonder if maybe there's someone in the room that you've, you know you've had long enough to heal and maybe you just don't realize how good you're really doing. And if that hit you today, I just wanna encourage you to stand up straight, to walk upright. Maybe it's starting by saying to yourself, I'm going to learn how to trust again. I'm gonna make trusting a habit. Or maybe it's saying, I'm going to be intentional about having joy instead of sadness. Or maybe it is physical, and it's time to start treating your body as though it's healed. You know, I know even for me, if I've been down and I've been taking my Nyquil, <laughs> there's a point where I have to start going outside and taking some vitamins and drinking some water, like like I'm healed and healthy. You know, like we're not. Yeah, I can't stay there. One more story you want to share, if you don't mind, stories to thee. Um, is that in 1991, there was a study, and actually Coach Darcy shared this with us the other day, and it was just great. But they found that the heart has about 40,000 specialized cells that create like a neural network in the heart. So like brain-like cells in the heart. And what they found is that these cells think independently from the cranial brain. They think, feel, and remember Independently of the cranial brain so when we experience something we experience it in two places in your mind and in your heart in the same way if we experience a trauma we would register that in two places so if we try to heal that trauma by thinking about it trying to have, you know and talking about it we still haven't addressed what's happening here And that's where I want to land today, talking about our hearts. Is that good? You know, we've been honoring the practice of Advent with the lighting of a candle the past few weeks. So week one was the candle of hope. Week two, peace. Week three, joy. And today is love. And as I reflected on love, I thought about the fact that we will easily admit that we could use some more peace or some more joy or some more hope. But I think it's a harder one to say that I could use some more love. And you know, I think it's because love is the deepest. First Corinthians 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Amen. Right, and love is a funny word nowadays. We might say we love our mom and also say we love pizza, (laughs) you know. Which, (laughs) you know, which to be honest, after last week, I don't love pizza quite as much, but (laughs) no, yeah, it's just not quite as appealing. But it really did get us through a busy and amazing week, you know. Everybody eats it, so everybody gets fed, so yay. But when Jesus walked the earth, he talked about love in this way. The two greatest commands are this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, his disciples asked, well, which one is greater? Disciples were all about, like, who's the best? What's the best? Like, (laughs) which we all are like that, right? And Jesus' answer was yes, meaning they're the same question. Our love for God is expressed through our love for others, through seeking the well-being of others, even if they can't repay you. I'd say especially if they can't repay you. This is the kind of love that reflects the heart of God. And some might say the ultimate standard of the love of God is expressed in how you treat your very enemy or the person you're in conflict with right now. You know what, let's be honest. We wouldn't still be talking about Jesus today if he only said nice things. No, he walked him out. He walked to those, towards those that were often forgotten. He made an enemy out of people in power, and yet he allowed them to kill him. You know, Jesus chose to die even for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. Like, can you even... Comprehend The Bible says that God demonstrated his own love for us in that why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It also says that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son into it. That's right, <laughs> so that the world through him might be saved. And if that's how God loves us, that's how we're supposed to love one another before they say sorry before they behave like we'd prefer. You know, as Christians, the center of our faith is trusting that the God of the universe is a being overflowing with love for this world. This means the purpose of our human existence is to receive that love that came to us through God's Son, Jesus, and then for us to turn around and let that ripple out to others. And if you're here today and you would say, I want that kind of love, I want to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus in your heart today. Asking him to heal those places in your heart that only he can. Asking him to pour out his love so freely given into your heart that you might receive it and give it out to your family and your friends and to everyone around you. Can I ask you to stand today? But if you're here today and you would say, yes, I have felt a little weary in this season. Or I think I should feel happier, but something's weighing on me. Or maybe you're saying, I want to live healed and I want my joy back. Would you raise your hand this morning, even with people's eyes open? Yeah, I'll take it too. And if you're here today and you would say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. I want to tell you that he is God's one and only son, sent to earth as a baby. He lived a sinless life, died a horrible, painful death on a cross, rose again three days later. And he did that for all of us, everyone, every person in this room, so that we could be healed, soul and body, mind and heart. That we might be saved, that we might experience his love his healing hope for this life and in the next and he did that while we were still sinners if you're ready this morning let's just close our eyes to let go of shame and step into a new life with Jesus I'd like to lead us in a prayer simply saying I trust you God that you are who you say you are and I want to know you your love, your forgiveness, and your purpose for my life. So we're going to pray that as a church, all together, just repeating after me. And if that's you taking that step and asking Jesus into your heart today, I just pray that you pray this prayer with me with your whole heart. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the message of Christmas. I thank you for your love that you so freely poured out for us. I want to receive that. I want to know you. Please come into my heart today. Please be Lord over my life. Please forgive me of my sin. I thank you that right now, forgiven that my past is past and I'm beginning a new life with you right here and right now in Jesus name amen just keeping your eyes closed I just want to just pray a prayer of blessing over you and Father, I just thank you so much for the beautiful atmosphere of peace and love that is in this place. And I pray for every single human person in this room, God, that you would just bless them, Lord God, with a tangible feeling of your love. Lord God, just pour it over them from the top of their head to the tip of their toe, that they might just know you in a greater way. And just feel that love that you have for them, which is beyond anything else we could imagine. I pray, Lord Jesus, as we walk forward into Christmas, God, that we will be able to just show that love to everyone we meet, God. That it would be like a protection and also like a gift. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Thank you for healing our hearts and our bodies so that we can live in wholeness walk out our purpose. In Jesus' name. And again, just keeping our eyes closed and respecting each other. If you're here today and you just, you felt the love of God in a fresh way, could you put your hand up this morning? Thank you, Jesus. And if you're here in the room today and you chose today, to start a journey with getting to know Jesus and accepting his love and forgiveness. Would you put your hand up this morning? Thank you. All right. well, you, I will allow you to open your eyes. <laughs> no, But we're going to finish up pretty soon here this morning. But we want to just go back into a time of worship. You know, we talked about there not being enough time to say thank you to a God who gave his best in advance of us choosing him. So we're going to lift up his name above every other name, above everything, Jesus. And if you've been around here for a while, you know that we also give an opportunity every week for baptism. We're going to lift the lid here this morning. We have a baptism tank in here. And baptism really, it means to be fully immersed in water. So in the natural, it means... You know, being fully immersed in water, you go down for a couple seconds and come right up. But in the supernatural, it means that we're saying goodbye to that old person. It's representing when Jesus went to the cross, when he was buried and yet rose again. So it's saying goodbye to sin and being resurrected to new life in Christ. Yeah, and it's one of the first steps in discipleship. So if that's you today and you're like, I'd like to know more, I'd like to do that. If your heart's beating fast, you can come down. You can come down this second. Um, Pastor Matt and I are going to be here. You can come on down. We'll, we can baptize you. That'd be amazing. And uh, But yeah, let's worship. Sound good? Okay. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry.